de doo day, motherfuckers. <laughs> Hello. How is it going today, Amber? <laughs> How's it going? It's been better. <laughs> We've had a rough night. We're not going to get into it. But today, we are doing a little segment called, Who is Amber Conway? Oh, I got scared. So, the way we're going into this is I have a list separated by three categories all right. of questions that you have no idea about. <laughs> no, I have no idea. I'm not prepared at all. <laughs> Honestly, it's going to be fun. We're going to get through this, and you're going to learn a little bit about who Amber Conway is today. All right, let's see. Are let's you see fucking ready have. for this shit? Probably not, but let's <laughs> fucking roll with it. That's what we do. So, the first category is sex and romance. Oh, God. <clears throat> Question number one, <laughs> have you ever farted during sex? <laughs> Really? <laughs> Bitch. Yo. This is a actually, serious question. No. No? No. Good for you. No, because I'm like, that's like my one thing. Like, I'm fucking... <laughs> I would... Even if you're about to shit yourself, you're like, <laughs> no, hold it in. Hold no, it in. No, that's the thing, too. I used to have, like, really bad, like, IBS. <laughs> Your bad IBS? Well, no, it was because I was eating a vegan diet. And, like, anybody eating mm. vegan just gets fucked really. So, for the most part, it didn't go well down. Go well for me. But... You yeah, never no, farted during sex? I never did. I never did. I know my partners did. Have you ever queefed? Oh, yeah. I feel like everyone has. I feel has. like most girls, yeah. Because air gets trapped up in there and shit. Yeah, you know? I would just, I just laugh. I just laugh my ass off. I think it's hilarious. But you know what? In the moment, the, I feel like the best thing you can do is just like pretend like it didn't happen and just like keep going. Yeah, and this know? is like super obvious and loud. And you're like, um. <laughs> I, like, I remember once I did it and oh, this might have significant. <laughs> he was going down on me. Wait, he was going down on you? I it. It's like, whoa. I was like, I didn't fart, I promise. That's actually so good. I keep crying. I but it's you know like, what? what Everyone experiences it. Everyone does. That's so funny. But no, I'm so proud of you that you never farted during sex. Have you? No. I don't think so either. Maybe once, <laughs> but like it's just like it came out, and it's like you have no control over it. It's just like yo, You're fuck just like, you. Ugh, just start calling. Yeah, just, yeah, it's a good idea. <laughs> okay, so question number two: What's oh, your favorite sex position? Oh god, um, honestly, like I, I don't even know like all of them, but like cowgirl, like like on top. Yeah. <laughs> I think it feels like, I don't know. I mean, I like f- fucking all of them, but I think like sitting on top is probably yeah. for me. I think like having that kind of control, it feels pretty good. Like you have that control. Yeah, right? So true. you know how you feel. You manipulate the situation. Exactly. Interesting concept. I feel like that's, <laughs> I feel like that's like the most like difficult like, position because it's like, you're like, fuck, I gotta like move my ass up and down. It is. Oh, bro. Like, it's I'm a fucking, lot of work. It's a cardio workout. It's good for your thighs. It really is. It really is. You know what I mean? Even I find, like, my, my abs and just, like, everything. So, really, when you look at it, it's technically a workout. Yeah, it's two in one. So, why do you need to go to the gym? Who exactly. needs the gym? You could, oh, just, you could just ride them cowgirl style. Dude, yeah. I've been my most fit in relationships. <laughs> Stop. That's so good. Okay, I love it. Okay. 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 Moving on. Question number three. Have you ever made a sex tape? Oh my god, no. Who do you take me for? A little raunchy gal. <laughs> I mean, like, we've had conversations, like, you know, past partners have, but you know what? I'm just, I'm so paranoid. I'm so, yeah. I'm a paranoid person. Mm. And, like, I would just be so worried of that shit were to get out. I would lose I don't everything. trust anyone. I don't fucking, no. 
You know what I mean? Just like that's a risky fucking territory. Not to mention, then I feel like I'd be too like I'd be more insecure <laughs> because I'd be like looking. I'd be like, what the fuck was I doing there? Honestly, like, it's like even in the moment when they're like staring at you dead ass in your eyes, you're like, bro, like I get what you're trying to do, but like I don't know why guys are so ballsy though. Like they'll just stare at you. They don't give a oh fuck. God, I know. And I'm like, don't look at me. Don't, <laughs> don't look, at, look at me. <laughs> like stop it. No, and that's the thing. It's like I've over the years I've worked on my eye contact just in general. Yeah. But, Especially in the bedroom, it can be so intimidating. It really is intimidating. The worst is when, I don't know, like you're sucking dick and then like, you're like, I'm just going to glance up and see what's going on up there. And like, (laughs) whole dick in your mouth looking. (laughs) And they're just like, and you can tell it's like they don't know how to react because they're just like so overwhelmed (laughs) that you're staring at them. But I'm like, oh wait, this is kind of fun. Like, I like to stress you out. Like, you know what I mean? I'm in control, bitch. I like it. So funny. Okay. Question number four. What's something you've always wanted to try in bed but haven't? Oh, that's such a good question. Speed round. Speed round. Honestly. <laughs> um, it's so funny because me and my significant other were actually talking about this tonight. Really? And, yeah. You know, oh, that's time. the tea. Um, no, but and it's nothing crazy, but, like, I've never actually been, like, tied up or had, like, um, True. anything, like, covering my eyesight. So, for me, I feel like having not having that control and giving all that control to your partner is, like... It's such a turn on. It's so funny that you say this because I literally was having the same conversation the other night. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but like, it's interesting because you've never experienced that. I wonder how you would react to it. Have you? Yeah. But we, I've never done the actual like bed restraints where I've done like the handcuffs tied behind the back kind of thing okay, too, okay, like yeah. stuff like that. Um, blindfolded, done a couple times. And honestly, like it wasn't super memorable just because my part, like the people I was with at the time, like, yeah. (laughs) but you know what? I think, I think I just like the element of surprise Mm -hmm. and it's like, you really give up that power and control over to them. And it's like, I want to see what you're capable of. Exactly. It's so testing. Mm -hmm. And also I feel like as an independent, uh, strong woman who's constantly having to control everything in their life all Mm -hmm. the time in the bedroom is the perfect place to just like let it go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like give it all up. Well, and that's the thing though. I feel like I have a lot of like that more, uh, masculine energy, especially with my like main sign being the Leo. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, in, in that sense, it's huge because I feel like mm-hmm. that fire energy can sometimes like come off strong. You need and someone so who's going to be able to like tame you, also. 100%. Like, yeah, no, I like that. That's T Amber. <laughs> Love that for you. Um, okay, question number five. While you were having sex with a partner, <laughs> have you ever fantasized that you were fucking somebody else? <gasps> That's fucking huge. <laughs> <laughs> you little whore. Honestly, no, I don't think so. That's good. I really don't think. Honestly, uh, perhaps I can say, if I, maybe like hookups or like with with people I was I like weren't in a relationship with because yeah. I feel like I'm the type when I'm like fully in it, I'm fully in it. Yeah. Um, but I think like I definitely have had experiences where I'm like, oh god, like this is just not. Like great. I wish I was fucking Channing Tatum right now, <laughs> but here I am. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it's just like when you're not, you don't have that sexual chemistry and you're just like, this is just not, not doing it. Mm-hmm. Or like, just like the, the dirty talk is just not working. You're just, there's certain things that aren't working. And you're mm-hmm. like, just, just don't say that. <laughs> don't say anything. Honestly, what, okay. This is not even a question that I have written down, but what's the cringiest thing that a guy's said to you while you were fucking, <laughs> please tell me, please tell okay, me. Okay, honestly, no, it's bad. No, tell me, tell honestly, me, tell me. there's so many, but like, <laughs> um, <laughs> What is it? What is it? You little... Oh One of God. them, and I just cringed. He said something like, man, I, I love the fact that you have the ass of a black woman. Oh! Like, <laughs> no. He said that to I you? I know. I was like, that's kind of 
weird. Like, don't I mean, say that yeah, shit. You Ew. know, I was like, you're so fucking weird. Or like, that's like so fetish, like fetish. What's the word? Fetish sizing. Fetish size. Yeah. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, fuck. I don't like that. You know, and I'm just like, I don't know. I'm just like, just say I have a nice ass or something. Like, you know. Yeah. Or there's been times where like you could just tell. What? You can just tell, like, they watch way too much porn, so the the wording that they use... Yeah. Like, it's just such a turn-off. Directly from a porno? Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, just shut up. Like, that's not turning me on. If anything, it's just, like, making me not want to be partaking this. It's <laughs> so cringe. Well, yeah. you know, the infamous line of a few summers ago, when I was hooking up with this <laughs> man who was from Greece, who had a very strong accent. Oh, no, I remember. <laughs> this man says to me, he's like, oh, your pussy is so tight. <laughs> oh, yes, your pussy. <laughs> what I say, pussy? this was the running joke for a year. Oh, yeah, no, we lost it. I can't even. It. Guys are just, like, That's too fucking much. Like, no. God no. bless him. God bless his Greek soul. God like, love him. you have to. That's the thing. I think it comes down to more of those, like, lighter like words, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just saying like you feel so good or yeah. something like that versus not like being so I don't Yeah, know, I wanna dr- book that <laughs> pussy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what like these guys are saying and it's like, dude, this is not a turn on I'm not a fucking porn star, okay? Mm-hmm. It's I don't feel like really that respected when you say that. <laughs> yeah. You're also I feel like not a piece like, of meat, like like it's not yeah, it's not like you're just fucking that. Like you're fucking a woman. It's like, like an objectification. Yeah. Fuck that. Oh, next question. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're gonna hate me for this oh, one. Oh no. <laughs> okay. Uh question number six. Have you ever had a threesome? Oh my god, I fucking hate you. <laughs> yeah, with you, bitch. <laughs> I really Yo. hope, like, none of my managers hear this. It's fine, we're gonna block fine. everyone off the internet. I'm fucking toast. Um, yeah, so you... Yeah. Were- so that was fun. Um, <laughs> honestly, I would have rather just had sex with Christina. <laughs> honestly, we should have just had sex with each other. We didn't need the extra party. No. Like, it's really unfortunate. No. I, I mean, not many people can say they've literally had sex I, with their best almost, friend. I almost got involved in another one in Cuba when you lost your virginity. Oh, yeah. When I lost my virginity. I was just like, it was in, almost I was in the bathroom and I'm just like, I don't know what to do with myself because we went back to their place and his roommate was sleeping in the other room and I'm like, I don't really know this guy. So I'm like, I don't know where to go right now. Yeah. And you guys are just, <laughs> you guys are like having sex um, in the bathroom. And, and like, Amber the- literally <laughs> sat on the counter and I'm about to lose my virginity and she goes, Christina, do you sh- are you sure you want to do this? And I was like, Amber, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I remember, and the guy's like right there too. And I'm like, no, shut yeah. the fuck up for a second. And then also I remember just looking down and you're like on the ground and your head's like. My head's like, bashing the against toilet. the toilet seat. Bro, when I say that was such a disaster, but the most memorable oh experience. Oh, ever. I don't regret it. <laughs> you know what? I think it was hilarious. You lost your virginity in Cuba. I mean, it's pretty... pretty Honestly, iconic. And you and I, we've experienced a lot of fucked up shit together. Yeah. That's what I think about it. Okay, anyway, next question. <laughs> question number seven. What is your biggest pet peeve in bed? Oh, God. That's a good one. I know, that's right? That's a good one. These are juicy. Whew. Okay, let me think. I gotta think back. Um, biggest pet peeve. What really pissed you off? Or okay. what did you wish they did more of? That they didn't, or they didn't listen to I mean, I think for me, I mean, obviously a huge thing, which we kind of touched on in in the last podcast, like, is right after sex, they're just, like, off of you. Like, right after sex, they're like, all right, I'm off, I'm clean, I'm good, I'm ready for bed, I'm ready for food. Yeah, the aftercare. And it's like, bro, like, I feel like, just, like, dude, like, what happened to, like, all the romance, you know? And I think for me, that was my experience, you know, somewhat. Um, And so, I think, in my opinion, again, as we've said, like, 
sex isn't just the act of it it's mm-hmm. the before it's the after yeah and like the aftercare and again it's it's i want to also take care of my man in the same way i'm very much like an emotionally like physical person mm-hmm. so it's like i want to be cuddled i want to be caressed i yeah. want to be and like you know some people would think that's maybe needy but like for me i'm like no i just i feel like that's a huge part of conscious sex mm-hmm. so the I romance think, too it's like what as soon as you fucking like the guy once comes, you get off like, you're like oh, now you're I, done. I don't care like so, aftercare is so yeah. important so i would always take that the wrong way and uh-huh. i'd get in fights with my exes about it especially because right after i'd be like all right so you want to watch and they're like snoring and it's like bro like that's you just know? and i get it sometimes it happens but like sometimes but like every time all the time actually i had to laugh because i thought back and <laughs> i kind of feel bad because my first ex was really allergic to my cat at the time oh god and i didn't realize it but i, I always gave my ex benadryl and it's drowsy oh you fucking and I thought idiot. it was not drowsy <laughs> You're literally so dragging this man. They're getting mad at him when you fall asleep. <laughs> but like, no, even all the time I would do that too. Like sometimes he just he wouldn't. He take would the just like drugs. sometimes <laughs> he wouldn't take the Benadryl. <laughs> Are but you I fucking felt, serious? I feel so bad oh. now doing that. But again, at the same, it was it was still like an ongoing like issue. Yeah, but it gets to a point where it's like okay, now the Benadryl's out of your system and you're still falling asleep. Or it would be like we wouldn't even have sex and it would be like eight o'clock and he's falling asleep and I'm like. Dude. You're so boring. Come on. Like, you know, I haven't seen you all week. Yeah, no, that's so lame. I honestly love, like, guys that are, like, down to, like, stay up all night with you and just, like, fuck you all night. Yeah, I'm just, like, I'm sorry. I, I need to have sex, like, all the time. Yeah. So. Like, your dick needs to be hard 24 hours a day. Like, <laughs> like you need to take Viagra. Like, Viagra. you gotta fucking deal with it. Yeah. But it's because so. we have sex addiction, so that's a whole <laughs> different fine. topic of conversation. Just nymphos over here. <laughs> okay, so, um, next question is, what's the most surprising thing that's ever turned you on? Fuck, these are juicy. Okay. Um, I know, right? Like, I gotta fix my questions. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Most surprising thing that's turned me on. Like, you're not into butt stuff, you said, right? Like, <laughs> you're, that's not really your jam. I, I like, I've, I've dabbled. Right. I'm like, you know. It, yeah, <laughs> like, just like a little bit here and a little well, bit don't there. Fuck, don't go fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, I think for me... I honestly, okay, like, I actually love when, like, if, like, we're just, like, cuddling and the guy just kind of, like, like you know, like, he's spooning you mm-hmm. and he'll just kind of, like, start, like, going around and, like, touching you and just, like, honestly pull down your pants. And, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I think for me, it's, like, it's, like, that unsaid thing. I'm mm-hmm. just, like, oh, okay, cool, you want me. Yeah. I think it's so attractive. So it just kind of takes charge, yeah. takes that control. Like, honestly, I think that turns me on so much. Yeah. And also, like I said in the last podcast, I'm, like... Men who, like, aren't fucking losers when it comes to, like, having sex with a girl on her period. I'm not saying, like, full-fledged, okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. saying, you know what I mean? But it's just, like, that's also a week of not having, like, sex with your significant other, too. And that's the way you gotta look at it at the yeah. end of the day. And it's free lube. Like, <laughs> like I was blessed not to have, like, fucking horrible periods. Yeah. Like, I'm really glad because I know some of my girlfriends who have really painful periods, too. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a fucking shit show. Yeah, But also honestly. a man who can take care of you on your period or, like, if you have those, like, really painful mm-hmm. spouts, right? Like, that's... That's super important. That yeah, I have PCOS, so, like, I feel like now that my symptoms have kind of... Uh, they're not, like, super full-fledged, um, and it's also because of birth control, like, it's helped a lot, but before, I would, like, get random pains and shit, like, mm-hmm. cyst bursts and stuff, oh, yeah. and it's just super painful, and sometimes, like, it would happen during sex, and I literally would be, like, paralyzed and, and fucking pain, so I haven't had that in a long time, thank God, but, um, yeah, that's not fun. <laughs> it's really not, not a vibe. Fun. No. So, on that note, question number nine, have you ever had sex dreams about your current partner? <laughs> <laughs> you're a little shit. I you? know, right? Yeah. Like this, if you're in yeah. smile, hi Matt. 
<laughs> yeah, we definitely both have had that experience. Yeah. Um, it's it's one of those things. You There's such a different heighten of, like, connection here, a heightened level. And it's, like, we've gone through all the layers, emotional, mental, spiritual, yeah. like, every layer except for the physical. And so <clears> it's Which like, is so crazy. Yeah. And so it's, like... Obviously, when you grow to really care about someone who you know on all these other levels, like, I've never really gotten to know a man on this degree. Mm -hmm. And so, for me, it's, like, again, I'm such a, like, sapiosexual in the sense where I'm, like, yeah, unless you can emotionally, mentally stimulate me and honestly spiritually stimulate me, Mm -hmm. like, you're you're also a self-aware, conscious, into man, Mm -hmm. it won't kind of, like, catch me the same way. Your coochie won't get wet. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And so, and, like, you know what I mean? So... It's just funny, too, because, like, even when they talk about, like, twin flames and stuff, they say it's, like, you both meet at a time when you both have, like, very similar energies because you're both putting out that energy. Yeah, you're projecting And at the very time we had that, too. And it's, like, even in our conversations, we both said, like, we're looking for a conscious relationship. And, again, so it's, like, sex really is, like, the final piece. It's, Mm -hmm. like, the result. Mm -hmm. Or, like, not even just sex. Like, the physical experience, Yeah, the physical experience. And... You know, I've always known that to be true because it really is. It's just Mm -hmm. our generation kind of flips it. Yeah. But that's where it's like this is such a rewarding process of genuinely getting to know each other Mm -hmm. on such a different wavelength than we're used to and really having to be patient. Yeah. And so, you know what I mean? You're like abstinent right now. Oh, yeah. No. And that's where we've we've had conversations too where like our sacral energy because like, I mean, <laughs> I, I want to be careful what I say here, but, like, he's very aware of, like, the porn industry and very aware of, like, even, like, um, his sacral energy and, like, mm-hmm. even, like, the effects of, like, masturbation. And, like, yeah. again, he's a very conscious man. So, for him, too, he he has very strong sacral energy. It's very aligned. Mm-hmm. And um, same with myself. So, it's, like, for me and for him, it's, like, we understand the power of that. So, like, I just... Can only imagine what it'll be like in person. Oh, so to answer that question, yes, <laughs> yes, every single like night. You have that build up of sacral yeah. energy, and it comes out in in the the subconscious and the dream. 100 percent, you know? which is so interesting. So, like, do you like wake up and you're like, <gasps> <laughs> are you like stressed? Like, well, yeah, like I mean, for me, it's definitely yeah. I can wake up and I'm like, hey, fuck, like mm-hmm. only got a couple more months to go. <laughs> Honestly, no, actually, we're we're we have. Less than two months now. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. This yeah. is wild. Wild times out here. Wild fucking times. If you haven't listened to any of our other episodes, um, Amber's currently, like, found her twin flame in, like, the UK, and he's, like, moving <laughs> to Canada to, like, hang out. <laughs> and, like, it's awesome. So, yeah. no, that's very interesting. We'll have a whole podcast on that, though. He even, he, he like, he wants to be involved in it, too. Oh, my God. I'm so down. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, so, leading into the next question is, what attribute attracts you the most to a man? God, okay. Um, how in tune he is with himself. Because how in tune he is with himself means also how in tune he is with others. 100%. And that translates into how in tune he will be with me. Mm-hmm. And I've dated men who are very unconscious. I've dated men who weren't self-aware and who have not done a lot of that shadow work on themselves. And it translated into everything else in their their lives, mm-hmm. including me. I did not feel understood, did not feel heard. We could not get on that deeper wavelength. And it honestly like killed my soul a little yeah. bit because i'm like there's this huge part of me that i have not shown you and you don't even realize it because mm-hmm. you're not conscious enough yeah. and so it's like i feel like i'm doing myself an injustice because i feel i'm being pushed intuitively to do more yeah and so for me it's like i have that pull and i always need i need a man to really see that side of me i want to show that side of me because mm-hmm. that's also a part of me what's that quote it's um you can only meet people as deeply as you've met yourself 
that's so true mm-hmm. with every relationship that you'll ever have. And I feel like once you really truly meet yourself to to the core and to that that depth is when you kind of stop projecting your own shit onto other people as well. That's much, what it comes down to. You know? And that's where I think for me, <clears throat> like, um, you know, again, meeting my significant other and meeting Matt, it was huge in that sense. Because, yeah. like... I finally, like, met someone, he, somebody who, like, couldn't, like, match all of that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm, like, I'm so boosting your ego right now, hon, yeah. but, like... Matt's going to like, twiddling his thumbs like, yeah. <laughs> like, so cute. But, like, that's the thing, too. Even, you know, in the past, I wouldn't even be saying, like, these types of things, right? Yeah, 100%. So, like, for me, it's, it's pretty huge, yeah. Well, honestly, I'd love that for you guys. Can't wait. We need to have Matt on the podcast. I think that would be fucking iconic. <laughs> it would be. Um, so, honestly, we never just going to jump back right into a sex question. <laughs> What's the raunchiest place you've ever had sex? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Okay. Uh, I think you know this one. I don't know, actually. Well, when you tell me, I'll probably know. I mean, yeah, like, I feel like most people are, like, driving in a bush, like, whatever. <laughs> Maybe that's with me, okay? <laughs> that's just Amber, when she gets fucking freaky in the bush, like. It's like on a trail walk home. I don't fucking know. Love it. At, like, five in the morning. Um, No, but raunchiest. Oh, my God. People are so going to judge me for this. This was in my younger years, okay? It was in, um like, a man's truck in a parking lot. It was... <laughs> In the Value Village parking The Value Village parking lot, folks. You heard that correctly. In the Value Village parking lot in the back of this man's pickup truck. That, my friend, is raunchy as hell. And I love it for you. Honestly, I wouldn't do it again. I wouldn't do it again. No, you wouldn't? No. It wasn't, like, that enjoyable? I mean, it wasn't romantic by any means. (laughs) We were fucking selling their fucking shit. But you know what? It could be, like, exciting and fun. Like, I mean, I've sucked dick in the church parking lot before, (laughs) so, like, there's that. I'd rather, like, drive in and stuff like Mm, that. Yeah, no, that's fun. You know, those are fun. Oh, I miss a drive in. I know. Why isn't that open? I don't know, because, like, everyone's lame in this country. Um, Have you ever had sex on, like, the fucking... um, you know the like the air conditioner fan on the side of your house, the thing that just sits there and is really loud and just like fucking like no. whatever it makes like all this noise. Well, I had sex on yours. <laughs> what the fuck? When? That was like three years ago. I don't know. Oh we'll get into God. that later. <laughs> yeah. No, no I've had a lot of sex in your house. I think everyone has. This house, oh, there's a lot of, actually, thinking about it, there's a lot of sex energy in this there house. There is, because I would always host parties, and everyone and their fucking <laughs> friend, I was saying mothers, that would have been weird. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that's what you were going to say. But I was going to say, anyway, yeah, everyone has a fu- had fucking sex in my house. Literally, I don't know anyone who hasn't had sex in my house. <laughs> I love it. No, this was the sex house. <laughs> Honestly, I do miss, like, back in the day, like, how oh, crazy everyone would get, and the parties and shit. Day. Like, that was a lot of fun. I, uh, I just, I remember seeing I'd a lot of dicks. That. I see, I saw a lot of dicks around here. Oh, yeah. People oh, yeah. just whipping them out. It was crazy. It's <laughs> a crazy house, man. I love it here. Okay. Into the next question, number 12. What is an instant deal breaker in a potential love interest? Ooh. God, I'm so good. Um, if they follow the mainstream narrative. <laughs> Yo, I'll no, honestly, that. like, honestly, I, I'm sorry. I, like, if you honestly think the news is healthy for you and you fucking think McDonald's isn't killing you and... I just, again, like, I'm sorry. I just, I need somebody who's on that holistic journey as well. Yeah. You know, because I'm, I live, (laughs) due to my health issues, whatever, I live a very certain kind of life Mm -hmm. and due to my circumstances. And so for me, like, I couldn't date somebody who's like the opposite. And that's where I never really understood like opposites attract because quite frankly, 
I can't fucking deal with it. Like honestly, opposites though in certain <laughs> ways. Like you, yeah, yeah. I feel like to a certain extent, like you have to have similar views on the world, mm-hmm. or it'll be difficult to make it work with anyone. But at the same time, like I mean, there I found for myself anyway, the people I've been most attracted to are people that are more opposite than me. That's so interesting. Yeah. So it was interesting because even with my ex, like I thought, oh, we're so similar. Like that's why you know we're like this is like a good match or like mm. whatever the compatibility is there realizing that we're almost so similar that it was just like we're just reflecting each other's egos onto each other at like yeah you know what i mean yeah. so it kind of depends on like where it you're totally at depends. in life it totally depends i think i'm just at the point where i'm like it's like i told myself i'm like i my next relationship like i want to be my last one like yeah. i know i don't care for the dating scene i don't care to like fuck around i never really have and i'm at the point in my life now where i'm like again i think i've had this conversation with you many times i'm like I feel like just given my whole journey mm-hmm. in life and health and trauma and all this shit and like being an empath and all this energy is like, I don't have any more time to spare on the wrong people. Yeah. You know? And I don't mean to say that in, in like, you know, any rude way or whatever. It just, I don't have that energy and yeah, I'm fair. very focused on like healing and focused on my future and mm-hmm. focused on my career and like and you want I, people that are gonna add that exactly. benefit to your life and as I'm like, well. I'm, I can't, you know, and I said, I'm like, I can't raise a man. I Hell refuse no. to fucking ever do that again and I refuse to give my power away. So for me, I'm like, I told myself, I'm like, Amber, yeah, you're going to go date, whatever, you're going to go experience, whatever. But it just came back to the point where I'm like, something in my soul and my intuition was kind of like pulling me away because I'm like, they're not matching what I need and I know exactly what I need. Mm-hmm. I need someone who reciprocates what I know I can give, what I've always given. Yep. And I have yet to find that until now. And so that's kind of where I'm at where I'm like, yeah, I, I just won't settle on somebody who doesn't have their mind open yeah. who isn't switched on yeah no it totally makes sense and it's interesting that you're a leo and he's a taurus because which if you actually look it up we fucking laugh all the time because the compatibility is so shit it's literally like zero <laughs> percent so, so funny but again, you can never look at it from just like your sun sign and, and as we know like you know I, I in my chart i have a lot of cancer like mm-hmm. i remember the day you showed me my astrology chart and you fucking cried you're like it's so beautiful i know i actually literally i've did never cry. seen that i've never seen that but that's why i feel like even when we were younger we had a big disconnect because we were living in our egos and for a big majority like a long majority of time and virgo and leo are literally known to not get along like that's literally what they say about Virgos and Leos. But um, as we've gotten older, you adapt into your chart. You mm-hmm. you grow into certain parts of your chart. And that just develops over time. It's like astrology is a tool used for self-development. Mm-hmm. So as we've gotten older, I feel like you've come a lot more into your Cancer moon. I've come a lot more into um, like my Gemini moon. And even like with our Venus and our Mars, we both have Cancer, Venus, Cancer, Dude, Mars. yeah, that's the thing. My, my moon, my Venus, and my Mars are in Cancer. Yeah. I'm an emotional motherfucker. Yeah. And so for me, like... A huge part of my love languages are, like, emotional tendencies. Yeah. And, like, I need to feel nurtured mentally and emotionally. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, I need a man to really show his soft feminine side. Yeah. Which is funny because my ex, like, I was thinking of, like, red flags and shit. And, like, at the very beginning I would joke around about, like, his divine feminine and he hated it. And, like, at first it was, like, That was, funny, like, my ex, too. But he was, like, no, like, I don't, like, I'm, not, I'm like, you're such a softie. But he hated it. And he hated showing that sign. That's I'm so, like, like... But I'm, like, it's important. Yeah. I'm, like, well, like, you need that. And not so much, I need that. Yeah, you know hello. What I mean? So, I'm, like, it's But huge. anyone who's not in touch with, like, their vulnerability and their... It's... It is the feminine side because that's what the feminine energy brings to the table. That vulnerability, the communication, the, like, openness and all of those things and, like, being soft and whatever... 
those are all good things to have. We all should, you know, come into ourselves and embrace our masculine and yep. feminine energies. How do you, like, that is the balance. Like, there's yin and yang I everything. honestly feel like that's where it's, like, for me, again, I need a man who's very in tune with his yeah. masculine and his feminine mm-hmm. because I do also need that masculinity, too. Yeah, because, 100%. like, I do have a lot of that fire energy mm-hmm. and a lot of that masculinity. And so, for me, I'm, like, I need somebody who can pronounce themselves. Yeah. I don't want to pull them along. Like, I don't want to, like, you know, teach you the, ro- like, with a rope. Like, hold your you own. Know? Yeah. That's the thing. No, I think that's that's a great answer to the question. You really, <laughs> you really dove into that one. I like that about you, Amber. <laughs> I really do. I try, man. So, the next question is, what's your opinion on financial gender roles? So, example, like, guys having to pay for dinner and shit like that. So, like, I've always kind of been weird about money in the sense of that because, like, I really, I think there, I think there honestly should be a good balance. I gotta say, though, it's, like, it's one of those things, I know it's a stereotype, but, like, you, I think a lot of women do expect men to pay the first date. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's I'm like a sh- gonna, it's a chivalry thing. Yeah, I think it is, and and that's where it's like, but don't worry, I, I got you the next date. Exactly. But I do expect you to pay the first date, and it's, it's again, it's not out of like, oh, like you owe me anything. No, mm-hmm. but I, you know, again, I've had first dates though where I paid too. Mm-hmm. So it's like for me, I don't know. I guess it's a balance, but I do think there's certain circumstances, certain times. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think yeah, some people can take advantage of it, and like yeah. for me, I've never wanted like my partners to feel weird about money yeah. like we're we've always tried to be very balanced because yeah. we're both like working on our shit like and like i just never want to feel like i owe somebody something or that like i'm you know living off of them yeah you know i just don't like that feeling yeah then it's like you feel like you owe somebody something and yeah. like i don't know it is a weird feeling that's the thing i feel like you know I, men's perspective i feel like would be interesting to kind of like, it'd be so interesting and i'm sure you know it, it's definitely like i forget who i was talking to but we were talking maybe it was my my colleague from my old work but we were talking about dating around and like, you know, especially when men are like going on multiple dates with women, that can really rack up the money if you're mm-hmm. constantly paying every first date with a yeah, different woman. Exactly. Like, and you just define like a, you know, a girlfriend, mm-hmm. right? Or you might be paying for the drinks too. Yeah. That's another thing I usually do, like where it's like, okay, if they pay for the meal, I'll pay for the drinks. Yeah. That's the thing. I feel like the balance is super important because we've grown up in a society where it's like, you know, especially in the olden days, men are the, they're, they're the financial support of the household and women stay at home. And honey, that's not the life we're living anymore. Like at the end of the day, we should find that balance because especially when it comes to finances, I feel like it can be a really touchy subject. And I don't know. It's like, I usually have offered to like pay, like, Mm. you know what I mean? And, And I like to see the guy's response to it. Like there's been literally times where I've said like, I'll pay and the guy's like, okay, cool. But it's interesting because a lot of those situations where I've ended up paying first, the guy kind of ended up being like a douchebag. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh, kind of makes sense. Because yeah. I don't know. I feel like from a chivalry standpoint, I really do appreciate that. Mm-hmm. But again, it's one of those things where we chivalry know. Chivalry doesn't have to be dead. No, it doesn't have to be. And again, I feel like uh, we're like more conscious. And I feel like, you know, a lot of women today are. And we look at it as more of, you know, there's equality in that and like we're also gonna we're not gonna like fucking suck you dry like you know what i mean so that's an interesting one um okay so on to our next category self-confidence and like more personal questions so number one if you could only hear one song for the rest of your life what would it be so funny i asked you this question too yeah uh like in hindsight it'd be like 20 but yeah if you had to pick um, one which i already know what you're gonna pick and if you don't pick it i'll be sad because then i'll be wrong (laughs) 
<laughs> well, it's literally I find them interchangeable because it's 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 Radiohead creep or it's Bittersweet Symphony. Yeah, 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 yeah. Obviously. Literally, yeah, obviously, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> You're like, I, I know you so well. <laughs> <laughs> I already knew that, but I just wanted to like get the validation. Yeah. yeah, no, Bittersweet Symphony. I feel like I could literally listen to that song a million fucking times. We gotta watch delicious. Cruel Intentions soon. Oh, Cruel Intentions. I don't oh. know why that movie makes me so horny, and it's literally just oh. the stepbrother and the stepsister about We're to fuck each soon. other. We're doing it soon. You know what's funny? Oh, actually, never mind. We'll t- we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Um, on that note, number two, what do you like the mo- the uh, blah, 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 blah. what do you like the most and the least about your personality? Ooh, okay. Hmm. <laughs> I think I like that I I very much. I don't know. Okay, because I'm kind of I'm kind of thinking like, what do I like about myself in general? Like, you know, I'm very my personality. Like, I'm very good at seeing people for who they really are, mm-hmm. and so I'm very like I get to their um, like on their emotional side, and I feel like I can I make people feel that they have the ability to be vulnerable with me, mm-hmm. and I think that's really important. Yeah, I like that. Um, and I think it's very true. And like I love seeing people when they're most vulnerable because that's when they're most real. Mm-hmm. And like for me, that's like that's all I want to see in people. Yeah, I want to see their realness. I don't want to see your fucking mask. Yeah, exactly. Know? Um, what I don't like. I mean, I think I'm getting better at it as the years go by, but, like, I think, you know, for a lot of the years, my throat chakra was severely diminished, and, like, so, like, as a kid, I would, like, let people step on me, and, like, you know, and Mm -hmm. I just wouldn't stand up for the truth, and, like, that's definitely changed, but I think there's certain times where I can still bite my tongue. It's not even, like, about, like, truth or, like, standing up for what's right. It can be even something as small as, like, I don't know, even in the past where, like, I might bite my tongue on one thing that, like, I it might be bothering me with, like, <clears throat> my ex or something. Yeah. Or, like, my my partner at the time, I should mm-hmm. say. And it's, like, I definitely have gotten better with that. But sometimes I'm, like, is it worth the, the battle whatever? But it can mm-hmm. still eat me away. And my thing was always, like, well, I don't want to, like, cause them anymore. Whatever. I don't want to put that weight on them. Yeah. I think that's my thing. Especially with my family. I think, especially if I'm going through a hard time, I can often... I think it's more about, like, I think I always... I always think of, like, worry about other people, mm-hmm. and then I'm just kind of, like... You don't worry about yourself as much. It, like, you're the damages one who, me, yeah. though. And then, and then also that can, like, cause miscommunication with them, right? So I think, like, I'm always just, like, fuck, like, I don't know if I should say something mm-hmm. or I bite my tongue, and then it bites me in the ass in, in the long run, yeah. too. So it's, like, sometimes I, I still have to, like, really, like, be aware, like, I need to fucking speak up about stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel it, like you've definitely, you know? like, come into yourself when it comes to that, though. Like, yeah. you've definitely been, especially in the last, like, year or two, like... Yeah. really speaking your truth and shit so like that's that's good but i mean everyone has things they can improve on like at the end of the day yeah yeah and i also just think like i need i i really like am like very much way too hard on myself and like mm-hmm. i'm learning trying not to be but it's so fucking hard and it's like it can still like i feel like i'm still my own very like worst enemy oh 100 percent. we all are oh fuck it's, it's so, so bad it's like sometimes i'm like damn i don't talk to myself that nice all the time mm-hmm. and, like i really need to work on that well, something our therapist said to me was that, um, <laughs> would you be your friend if you, what did she say? If, if your friend spoke to you like this, would you be their friend yeah, or something? Yeah, it's so huge. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> that girl's a bitch. <laughs> but oh, like, man. I mean, negative self-talk is so easy to get wrapped yeah, up in. Yeah, and it's like, I'm, I'm better at it now than I was. Mm. It's just catching yourself, right? Yeah, catching yourself. Oh, we love the observer. <laughs> so, um, leading into question three, what's your favorite part of your body? <laughs> um, okay. My titties. <laughs> I mean, what do I say? Like, no, like anything about your body, like any attribute. <laughs> my kneecaps. <laughs> no, I'm 
<laughs> yeah, that needs to be sexy. Ooh. Um, I, like, I, it's just a weird, I'm just, like, not that type of person to say that. Um, it doesn't have to be, your, like, your titties or your ass, like. No, no. <laughs> like, 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 your smile, like, your eyes, like, your hands. I like my hands. smile. I like my smile. Yeah, yeah you have, like, an okay smile. Fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> no, you're cute. Um, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that's cute. We love that for you. You have a great ass, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a black woman ass apparently that's so fucked i can't believe Who we said, said that, that to you uh it's 11 11 make a wish fuck so number four uh where does your self-worth come from Ooh, I'm like going deep here yeah baby we don't fuck around on the soul sisters podcast <laughs> so like what you're saying where i find myself worth? yeah like where does your self-worth come from okay so I think it's just kind of, I always think I'm like, you know, what would I tell my younger self? Because I was very hard on myself growing up and I, and I know you were too. And I think it just comes to the point where I'm like, what the fuck do I feel the need to prove myself for? Like, I know who I am. Mm -hmm. I know I'm a beautiful human being and like, I know my worth and the times when I didn't were the times I, I allowed other people to take that power from me Yeah, and I fucking regretted it. But again, you're so weak, like mentally at the time. Mm -hmm. And so I think my self-worth just comes from the fact of, like, the perspective of being like, you know what? Yeah, I will never see myself in the light that I would – I, I don't know. I can't say that for sure, but it's like, you know, I, I don't know if I can fully ever see myself in the light that some people see me in because mm -hmm. I think I'm a very harsh critic of myself. Yeah. I'm working on it. But, like, at the same time, I think it comes from the fact of, like, learning that I really do need to be gentle with myself and, mm -hmm. like, just love myself for my flaws and all. And, yeah. like – if somebody can't accept me for that, then they can go fuck themselves because at the end Period. of the day, I don't have time for that. No. I don't have time for half loves. Mm -hmm. I don't have time for half respect. It's like, you're either going to respect and love me and get, and reciprocate that energy mm -hmm. or I'm just, I don't have room. I don't have space in my life for that. Yeah, no, it makes you know? sense. And I think even with self-worth, um, my favorite motto when it comes to self-worth is fake it till you make it yeah. because I feel like for, especially when you're it's like, like a habit. Yeah, it's a habit. And I feel like when you actually pretend that you're confident when you're really not, like, cause I remember certain oh, points, especially yeah. when we're younger, <laughs> I literally got to a point where I'm like, I've been so negative on myself, my body image, like for so many years that mm. it got to a point where I'm like, you know what? Let me just pretend for a while that I don't feel that way about myself. Yeah. And honestly, it got to a point where I started to work. And I feel like once you really start feeling that internally, you radiate it externally. It's so true. It's so true. I was the same way though. Like <laughs> I laugh because I remember, and I know you will too. I was uh, the fucking most socially awkward person I've ever fucking met in my life in high school. Poor Ambi. Like, it was bad. <laughs> like, I could not, like, if I was intimidated by a person, I'm like, I could not, I could not look at you. I could yeah. not have a conversation with you. Mm -hmm. And I'd always be like, that was so fucking awkward. Like, I was a very awkward person. Mm -hmm. And it really came down to the fact that I didn't have that confidence. Yeah. Like, I just was like, oh, they're judging me or, oh, like, they're going to. Overthinking think. every little thing. I overthought everything. And it was literally, like, it was like a prison, you know? And mm -hmm. so I think that's the thing. You get caught up in these cycles. Yeah. But it is, it's like habitual. Like, the more you do it, the more you breed that mm -hmm. and the more you put it out there. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was, <laughs> it was learning and like you said, fake it till you make it. And I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm confident. And so for me, it came down to the point, even now it's like a lot of my recent jobs have been like, I'm the only one there. So it's mm -hmm. like, I have to make that conversation. I have to make that first, like that first interaction. Mm -hmm. You have to put yourself out there every single time. And I still get shot down in the sense of like, some people are like, I'm good. Like they put mm -hmm. your hand up and it's like, fuck, you're so rude. But yeah. you know what? Like, it's still one of those things where it's like a good practice for mm -hmm. me. 
And it's like, yeah, I might not want to talk to you or I might not really have the full confidence that day, but at the same time, you won't know that. Mm -hmm. And I can guarantee it. Yeah. You know? And that's something I feel like once you really harness yourself, you know almost how people are perceiving you. And I think that's really, like, when you kind of come into your self-confidence and stuff, like... I feel like for a long time, we kind of looked at the world in a way where, like, oh, my God, we're so ugly. Oh, my God, we're this, we're that. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, we really were so hard on ourselves. But once you start believing that you're actually not, like, an ugly piece of shit and you really, <laughs> yeah. like, believe that you're like, no, I am beautiful. I know what I bring yeah. to the table. Then I feel like people kind of see that. And if they don't, literally, fuck you. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, people are so fucking cruel and nasty to each other. And that's why I'm just glad, like, you know, we, we've we surrounded ourselves with good people that, like, understand that, like, you know, we have flaws and we're not perfect, but the way that you view yourself is nowhere close to the way that I view you, you yeah. know? And so I feel like it means more when it comes from people who like you're actually super close with and like that you care about and stuff. So, I mean, that's the tea on that. <laughs> um, number five, I feel like I should have put this in the other category, but whatever. Um, what is one thing that gives you butterflies? Just generally speaking? Yeah. Like from a man? Yeah, from a man or in general, whatever. Whatever floats your boat. <laughs> um, honestly, it's so cheesy, but it's literally just, I mean, just my situation right now. Mm -hmm. Like, thinking about the day when we're actually going to meet. Oh, my God. I'm so fucking cheesy. It's disgusting. But. A butterfly. It's like, it's, by the time we'll meet, it's been like eight months, you know? It's mm -hmm. like. You're fucking counting down the days. I would literally just shit myself. <laughs> yeah, like... Completely. It's just... It's fucking phenomenal. It's, it's an experience I've never experienced in my life. So, that... But I, I think, yeah. Um, it's like those moments... I don't know. I, I, I can't really think of one right now, but I think that's, like, definitely something that's more, you know... Yeah, like a relevant thing yeah. that's happening in your life. But then, like, anxious butterflies, if I have to fucking present anything in front of people. Oh, I God. I hate that. I hate Ooh. presenting. I hate that anxiety I hate when I feel feeling. like all those eyes on me. I've always been very camera shy in that sense mm -hmm. or anything like that. That's why I literally for so long, like, refused to go back to school because I was like, I don't want to have to present. Any of you. <laughs> yeah, like, literally, I don't want anyone to hear me talk. But, like, yeah, no, that's interesting. I think the day that you guys meet each other is going to be a very profound day. No, we both said, like, we were going to be jumping off the fucking walls. Like, we don't even know what we're, how we're going to act. He's like, going to jump through the window of the airplane <laughs> directly into your arms. <laughs> into your arms. You're like, I'm going to be <laughs> Okay, anyway, moving on. Next question. Number six. Uh, what is your favorite compliment to receive? Um, I like anything where people compliment my mind. Like, the way Ooh, I think. sexy. The way I think. Mm -hmm. Because I'm like, you know, it's like, yeah, like, you're beautiful, whatever. Like, I do appreciate that, but it's like, for me, like, what really gets me is like... When someone sees you. Really sees me. Yeah. Like, you don't just see me very, like, with your eyes. Mm -hmm. You see me, like, with your soul, you Yeah. Know? And I think, like, when you can really make those compliments, like, that are very much geared towards who I innately am, mm -hmm. deep, deep down, I'm like, nothing pulls up my heartstrings more. I like it. Mm -hmm. Honestly, that just made my vagina go whoosh. <laughs> It's like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. No, I like that. I feel like that's such a good way of looking at things, too. Because, like, again, beauty's only skin deep. Like, we, I feel like the society especially, we're so focused on, like, physical appearance mm. that everything else kind of gets lost in translation. So when you really meet somebody who, like, is on that level with you and, like, sees you and, like, you know, whatever, mm. it's very flattering. We no, love it. It's, it's nice. It's refreshing. Yeah, definitely. So number seven, in terms of mental health, where do you feel like you struggle most? <laughs> we're just going real deep here. Yeah. I, sh I mean, in current 
day society. I would say right now what's been really making it very hard mentally is knowing that majority of the population isn't awake to what's going on. And again, I won't go into it, but I think like a lot of people are still very much like asleep. Mm-hmm. And I think nothing is more isolating than when you realize that even like some of the people closest people to you in your life really aren't getting like they aren't clicking. Yeah. And it can be very I mean, I've always felt very isolated. I've always felt like I've always felt very much like even as a kid, again, I was like a lone wolf. I always knew like I'm like I have a tribe, that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, I've never felt very much like, you know, I've always been very alone. Mm-hmm. I've never really felt lonely though. Yeah. Like I've always been very I've loved my own company. Like mm-hmm. I could spend hours. Like my mom and dad would be like, She's weird. Like she'll she'll be by herself for like five hours and be like the happiest camper. I'm like, Yeah, because everyone else sucks. Like, <laughs> like I don't like cool. you know what I mean. So yeah, it's no, like, I I'm, get it. I'm good in my energy and I'm I never feel alone because of like, you know, consciousness. When you're, yeah, when you're comfortable when you're in your gray. own space yeah. too. No, I like that. I'm realizing that we have a lot of questions to get through here. So we'll go over a little bit of time, yeah. but so the next question is, what does love mean to you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, just really nailing you right now. Level. Okay. Well first off I, I I think in this day and age love is very conditional. And even people who don't believe it's conditional, like they have their own major conditions in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well it's conditional. I mean I love you but you can't do this. I yeah. love you, but if you do this, fuck you. Yeah. You know, and I understand. Obviously, we have boundaries, and like, obviously, I have mine, and like, there's certain things I won't tolerate. But I do think, like, at the end of the day, when shit gets tough, like real fucking tough, and I'm not talking, you know, abuse or toxic or mm-hmm. manipulation, any of that. I'm saying just in general, when life gets tough with your, with your partner, it's like that's when love really comes in and show, shines a light because it's like, are you guys gonna fucking love each other through this process are you going to work on this shit and Mm -hmm. a huge thing too is like seeing your partner go through like their ugliest times yeah you know and it's like i i think that's you know what going back to your other question i think that's like my hardest thing probably if if i'm thinking about like relationships being that vulnerable like in my hardest times and showing that side of myself yeah because it's like i've shown certain parts but i don't think like probably any of my um past relationships have really seen me like at my lowest Mm -hmm. and it's like there's a part of me that like shuts the world out even like my friends i do the same thing like Mm -hmm. you know i just i don't want people to see me at that level yeah um but i think you know even just regarding this question it's like that would be love your partner seeing you at that level where you're completely separate from yourself and still love you don't even recognize yourself exactly and they still are like but i'm here Mm -hmm. and i don't care and nothing that you show me nothing that you reveal this side that you hate of yourself I'm still going to love you for it. Yeah. I love that. I love, write that down. That was good <laughs> shit, buddy. That was good shit. It's no, true, it's man. so true. It's so true. Um, kind of leading off of that. What's your biggest fear? In what sense? Any sense. Not like fear of spiders and shit. Like that's boring. <laughs> Creepy but, crawlies. Yeah. Um, my biggest fear is like just honestly losing the love of my life Mm -hmm. like and like just in i feel like not even just a a partner but like losing i think and it obviously plays into like trauma but like losing somebody i love again Mm -hmm. to like unforeseen circumstances Mm -hmm. um and i think that's where like for me my vulnerability has been tested over the years because it's like even when i thought i was being vulnerable in past experiences with partners which again is like a huge test of like even when you have all your trauma i realized that like there were certain issues that were like pulling me away from them. I was almost like self-sabotaging the relationship because I honestly like thought 
something else in life. Like, I'm like, life doesn't, it's, it's not working for me. Like, mm-hmm. something's going to happen, and they're going to be taken away. Yeah. So I almost did it a favor, did myself a favor, and did it, did it instead. Yeah, like, no, you, know you like, I mean? self-sabotage, Like, right? I, it's like, I want to be ready for it, so mm-hmm. I did it myself. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I'm like, I think, like, really letting my guards down and really, like, like, being entirely 110% vulnerable. Yeah. I don't think I've fully ever done that in past relationships. And so for me, like, that's, like, the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. And not even just vulnerable with a partner, but vulnerable in the sense, like, that, like, they've really got you and you don't, like, have to question any of those moves yeah. or anything like that and really just feeling calm and being like, life will actually work out for me for once. Like, yeah. you know, it won't take everybody I love away from mm-hmm. me. And, like, <laughs> I guess that sounds really sad or pessimistic, but, like, that's been my experience, I feel. And mm-hmm. so I think for me, like, that's really – it could be a trauma response, but at the same time – I think it's real because I'm like I a huge a huge part of me in my life is my connections with people and the emotions and so if I don't have that I just feel like you know it's a huge part of why I feel like I'm living and breathing Mm -hmm. and so when that's taken away I'm like left being like what the fuck yeah literally no I feel like that's definitely especially given your experiences and stuff that is I honestly like didn't expect that as your answer I don't know why but Mm -hmm. like no I feel like that that makes a lot of sense what did you expect I don't know. Biggest fear, I thought, no, I have to think about that one. But, like, initially when I read it, because I was trying to, like, think in my head, like, what your response would be to some of these questions. Mm-hmm. And... Well, I mean, and it could have been, like, another thing would be, like, obviously, like, betrayal. Mm-hmm. Or, like, not seeing somebody for who they really are and, yeah. and, and being, mis- like, fucking being wrong again. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think, I don't, like, that definitely wouldn't be the case, but it's, like, that would be a real mindfuck. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, no, I definitely hear you on that. Um, what is your least favorite emotion to feel? grief see yeah interesting because i feel like i've felt like that's the thing it kind of still it always will linger and yeah. that's where for me it's <clears throat> it's like i've learned to live with it mm-hmm. um it's very easy to switch on like literally the other day I, I don't even know what i was doing i was like in my closet fucking rummaging around and i thought about my dad and just like how like what he would think of everything going on and i got emotional because i'm like fuck like i just wish he was here and that's where it's like mm-hmm. just in passing moments like that i was grief. cooking on the barbecue and like um, I didn't have one of my spatulas for the, bu- the for, from the burger, so I, like, r- rummaged through one of our cabinets, and I found his old ones, and they're, like, made to look like golf clubs. Oh, really? And, like, I just, like, I got so upset, because I'm like, oh, my God. It's just, like, that energy, you know? Yeah. And so, for me, it's, like, my dad was my best friend, as you know, and, like, you know, I was very, very close to him, and so we had that kind of bond, and so I think, like, that will forever, forever have changed me, mm-hmm. but I do think, like, it's one of those things where it's, like, I try to honor him. But, again, being who I am, being so emotional, it's, like, very easy to, like, let that grief shift into overdrive. Yeah. And, like, sink in it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I need to, you know? Like, we talk about all the time. You mm-hmm. have to move through your emotions. Yeah. But sometimes it's still, it can really take a couple days for me to, like, bounce back. Oh, it's, like, super fucking overwhelming. Yeah. Like, your whole world is literally just, like, up in shambles. Yeah. Like, yeah. no, that's, I feel like grief is probably one of the scariest emotions to feel. Yeah. Because it's literally, I don't even feel like it compares to anything And it's not else. just, like, it's not, like, even, I mean, even anger is horrible, but it's, like, you have rage mode and then like you can ease out of it mm-hmm. whereas like grief just like kind of like hold, grabs that hold on you right? yeah mm-hmm. it's literally one of the most engulfing feelings that's a good word for it yeah. yeah fucking stressful um leading off of that what makes you feel alive <laughs> um real people real conversations about fucking real shit like i i truly cannot have Minded conversations anymore. It's really hard. They just I mean, surface obviously level, there's like certain small talk. This at work, like, or certain, you know, people, family yeah. members that, you know, whatever, things like that. We all, 
whatever. You, you can't have a fucking deep conversation about everything. And I, I understand that. But, like, I feel like I connect with people on those deeper levels. And so, for me, I'm like, I can't truly connect with you unless I can truly understand you and mm-hmm. get to those deeper levels. Yeah. So, for me, I'm like, that's, like, a huge part for me. Mm-hmm. That's, like, a like a love language if I could make it one. Yeah. Because, like, for me, I'm like, unless, like, we can, like, intellectually stimulate, you know, our minds, whether that's friendships or partnerships yeah. or whatever, I'm like, I just... It doesn't, it doesn't do anything for me. Well, I think of even, like, some of the nights where I felt most alive is, like, literally in your backyard, like, in a group full of, like, 25 of us, just, like, having the best time laughing, like, having a few drinks, just, like... being good energy. Yeah, the music, just, like, the flow of energy. Yeah. Concerts. Concerts, too. Literally, like, I've been at concerts before, and I think it was probably Third Eye Blind, but um, me and Regan went twice. I think three times total I've seen Third Eye Mm -hmm. Blind. And I remember one of the times, I think it might have been the first time, um, I remember just, like, standing there and just, like, they were singing the song and it was just, like, like, I don't know, I remember listening to the song so many times and just, like, being, like, super depression and, like, whatever. And I heard that song and I remember just standing there just, like, crying just crying, crying, and I'm music like... Music is therapy, though. It's therapy. And, like, and it's, like, yeah. it's so sad. It was really sad and, like, bittersweet, but at the same time, like, it was so healing and it, I felt like, oh, like someone understood felt me. connected. You know, yeah. So I feel like in those moments, like, that's huge. Connection is so, like, the, the pinnacle, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, even for me in those concerts, like, seeing, like, pianos become the teeth, seeing um, uh, Radiohead. Yeah, I fuck. fucking told myself, I'm like, I would die happy if I fucking saw Radiohead and I did. I mean, yeah. I would have loved it if they played Creep, but... Again, I can't believe they didn't play Creep. I mean, Creep. Tom York is a stubborn one, but it's fine. Um, you know, and so, like, seeing those bands, even seeing Tender, like, those are, like, some of my top ones. Mm-hmm. And, like nothing feels better than just being in that and also the fray oh my oh, god oh god honestly gotta How say to save a life <laughs> <laughs> but like seriously the most beautiful sounds i've ever heard in my life yeah best thing best person live i gotta say wow i've that never far. seen the fray sounded better than the radio wow yeah, yeah, very, very yeah i know those are very uh oh god i miss fucking concerts i don't Me even want to talk about it oh, my if god. you knew we were going to die in 24 hours how would you spend your last day you're killing me here. You no sexy bitch. <laughs> I mean, I would spend it with people I love. I, like, what would you eat? Oh, Niwa Sushi. Um, I would have fucking... Well, and, you know, at this point, it's like, fuck it, I'll just be in pain. So I'd have um, <laughs> fucking pizza pizza. Uh, pizza pe- pizza? Really? Yeah. I, I don't know why. You love pizza uh, or, pizza. Or uh, what was it? Mama's Pizza? Pizzaville, bro. And Pizzaville. Yeah. yeah. Fucking Pizzaville. And I'd do Meat Lover's Pizza. With the creamy garlic and then the jalapeno cheddar. Mmm, bitch. And then what else? Because we're not done yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my I'd God. probably have... Matcha oh, green tea latte? Oh, yeah. What's that? Just like for like, like a fucking fun kills me. Um, And then I'd also have... Oh, I'd have probably a blizzard with like three different flavors. You can do that. Oh, really? Yeah, I was a fat ass, so I knew how to do it. I'd be like, <laughs> can I get three different flavors? And then in the middle, you can get them like to fill it with something. And I would do chocolate syrup or I'd do their marshmallow fluff. Oh. I think they didn't probably like me for that, but I don't give a <laughs> shit. Like this bitch is making me work right now. They also had the brownie earthquake and that shit was fire. Huh. But I'm like, if I ate that now, I'd be literally like out for a week. Yeah. But I mean, if I'm at my deathbed. Well, if you're going to die, like, then fuck it. Yeah, like whatever. Like, would you do drugs? Would you honestly, want to be no, sober? I don't no. want to be sober. I feel like I wouldn't want to be sober. <laughs> I mean, honestly, maybe like toast to the, to the night with like some fucking wine. Yeah, take a like, shot. You yeah. Know? Oh, and I'd also have Skittles and like all the Maynard candies. I gotta say, I'm a sweet tooth all the way. Oh yeah, that definitely makes sense for you. <laughs> um, if you could choose any career, what would it be? Like literally, just anything. If you could do anything. If I could do anything, 
I would, I'd probably, like, live in New Zealand or live in, like, Bali or some shit and uh, teach kids about, like, holistic health. Love that for you. You're such a, you're such a... I don't want to fucking be here anymore. <laughs> like, I'm out. No, honestly, this country is very draining. Yeah. Like, it's super fucking draining. Very draining. I feel like that would be a great change of pace. Anywhere hot that's just, like, yeah, has the I, sun. Yeah, I am very much am drawn to warm climate. Yeah, 100%. We're not meant to live like this, but anyway, fuck. <laughs> Um, if you could change anything in your life, what would you change? Oh, that's huge. I mean, honestly, I would change my health circumstances. Like, I'm still not optimal. Mm-hmm. And so for me, <clears throat> I mean, I'm definitely in a weird way. Like, I am thankful for going through a lot of shit with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, okay, obviously the obvious would, I would change certain things I have in the past, like my dad can yeah. but that's the obvious. But yeah, I would, I'd probably, if I could, like, completely choose, press a button right now and, mm-hmm. like, be fully healed, obviously I would take it. Yeah, no, 100%. No, that makes like, sense. Like, things are really different when you have lost your health. Like, it mm-hmm. gives you a different perspective. Well, yeah, you have to literally, like, analyze every move you make yeah. and everything that you ingest and, like, it's every like, little detail. Yeah, so, like, not being as restri- restrictive and, like, just, like, you know, living my life, eating whatever I wanted. In, you know, hindsight, obviously eating decent foods, but yeah. that'd be amazing mm-hmm. to me, yeah. So on to the next category and our okay. final category of the evening, um, philosophies. Okay. Okay. So number one, what's your opinion on the existence of other human life on other planets? Oh, that's a good one. Honestly, I, I, I got to say, I haven't dived too much into it. Like, I know there can be a lot of conspiracy around that stuff, but mm-hmm. I do believe there's definitely, like, life. Mm-hmm. I do. I'm just like, can, when you really think about all the fucking crazy shit we've already been through, the shit we've seen, like... Do you think we just reincarnate and hop from planet to planet? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I swear I'm not high right now, but, The government already has, you know, they've already said that, like, they they need to release the fucking, um... The documents. Yeah, the documents. And, of course, they would do it now when everyone's already distracted. Yeah. But it's, like, we already know this shit's real. And that's just confirmation for, like, extraterrestrial or, like, UFO, like, life. But, like, I don't know. Human life on other planets, I feel like it would just be ignorant to think that we're the only humans that exist. Yeah, but that's also, like, the human ego being, like, we're the center of the universe. Yeah, literally the center of the universe. And it's, like... You think we literally just exist on a planet where Trump's running around, like, (laughs) trapping kids in cages, and, like, that's just what life is supposed to be? Like, you know what I mean? It doesn't make sense to me. No. And I do think, though, like, I don't know about, like, the whole... I've heard, like, there's good and bad aliens, whatever. Again, I haven't dove dove into that rabbit Mm -hmm. hole, but I do think if, like, the good aliens were to come here, they'd be, like... You guys have destroyed your land. You destroyed your people. Like, you guys are stupid. You guys are literally destroying your bodies. Like, you guys are fucked up. Mm-hmm. Like, Aliens would literally come here and say, y'all are fucked, and then hop back on their <laughs> UFO and, like, fuck off yeah. to, like, Pluto or some like, shit. Or bomb fucking world and be like, you guys don't even, you know. You don't even deserve right. to live here because <laughs> you fucked everything up. We have. Yeah, no, I feel like, I don't know, I would love, because there was some planet that they discovered um, in another fucking, I don't know, another universe <laughs> or some shit, but, like, it could sustain human life like there was water and like trees and like like actually had like agriculture and shit so i don't know man i just would really love to be alive in a generation that we could like actually like see if that's real be so sick oh god that's why i'm like on the first flight (laughs) we would literally be on the first flight and christina and amber are gone well that's why i want to like have kids because i want them to like have kids and then they have kids because i want like my gene pool to like be alive if the, these kind of discoveries get made, but I also don't want to bring kids into a world that's this fucked up. Agreed. I you know? know. I totally get that. And that's where it's like, 
I'm just glad I'm not thinking about kids for quite a few years. Fucking right. People are planning to do it right now. Like, what are you doing? Like, in this world? It's honey. like, fuck, man. No. People, oh, like, no. Yeah. Um... Is there such a thing as truth or is it relative? We've kind of ju- we've kind of talked about that a little bit. Yeah, I do think there are objective truths. I think again, the human mind wants to believe that whatever they subjectively believe is the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think there is objective truth. I think yeah. there's. Um, it's hard because you get again into like a lot of philosophy around like bad and good, and like technically, you know, when we think about energy and everything, like it's really neutral. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even like the law of karma, it's all neutral. Um, again, like the egoic mind makes it positive or negative. I'm not, again, sitting here saying there's clearly certain really bad shit happening in the world. Like, you know, it's, it's not turning a blind eye to that, but it's also like, again, like understanding that in the bigger scheme of things, if we're talking about philosophy, it really comes down to like our, our perspective around Mm -hmm. it, our perception. Um, but yeah, so I do think there are certain truths. I think you know, some, like, the truth of what's going on right now with the fucking COVID shit. Again, maybe it will be another podcast, but it's, like, there is truth about going what's going on behind the fucking curtain. Mm-hmm. And, you know, truth about all these little agendas and just about what's, what's really good for us. Mm-hmm. But I do think, again, some things don't, like, some things in reality don't even fit into these categories of true or not true. Right. For example, like, diet. Um, not one size fits all. Some people fucking heal all their all their issues on keto. And then some people heal all their issues on veganism. Some people heal on the carnivore diet. Like, for me, take it as an example. I fucking was dying on veganism. Like, literally, my body was like, <laughs> like it was just brutal. Mm-hmm. And yet, when I started mainly taking out most plants and most fruit, I, and again, beans, grains, pretty much everything. Yeah. Um, mainly just eating animal-based. I, my body started healing. Mm-hmm. And so, again, there's not one truth there. And you're naive if you think that one diet fits all. It yeah. most certainly does not. And so, again, I do think there's certain things in this life that we want to, you know, make, you know, we want to keep it, you know, between these two narratives, but it's, it can't always fit. Yeah. And so I think it really is context-based. And it's nothing's black and white. No, nothing there's at all. Everything, I feel like, can be objective in a way. But, I mean, again... Like, even with religion, I feel like there are certain truths, but I wouldn't say one religion is true. There's one, not one innate truth. Yeah. And I feel like you can look at different religions and take concepts and ideas and, like, beliefs from different religions and apply it to your own life and make it your own thing. Um, but I feel like there's a big difference between, like, doing that and being, like, completely indoctrinated and, and, mm-hmm. and a concept and idea and allowing that to negatively impact the way that you treat other people. Yeah. And that's the biggest issue with it. So that's why, I don't know, I've met people who are religious who are, like, super, like, great people. Like, just really giving and, like, generous and, like, you know, are all around, like, kind of have it together. And then I've met super religious people that are, like, fuck you if you don't believe this. And, like, you're a fucking idiot if you don't. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, yeah, I don't really vibe with that. (laughs) So, like, fuck you, dude. And that's where I always say, I'm, like, dogma is a very damning thing. 100%. Um, So the next question I have for you, Miss Amber Conway can a person be happy if they have never experienced sadness? Oh, that's a really right one. Um, I don't think so. Uh, I really don't. like Because when you really think about, like, happiness and, you know, I do really think life is about duality. And it's like, I think 
you are ignorant if you haven't experienced both sides of the coin. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like, again, not saying you can't be having those fleeting moments of um, joy, but I also think, like, when you really think about the depths and, like, the origin of, like, where you get happiness and where you, like, have pain and all of these things, it's on a spectrum. And, mm-hmm. like, I know at least from my lived experience, it's like I went through fucking hell and back a couple times and then... Um, but I've also, like, in understanding that, I could also really appreciate the beautiful moments of pure bliss I had. Mm-hmm. And they were that much more powerful knowing just how fucking dark life could be in mm-hmm. those moments. And yet I still had those beautiful moments. So it's like, it's that very bittersweet. That um, line. That line. And I think that's, I don't know. I mean, I can't speak from a person's perspective of, like, not really having a lot of, like, lived out, like, traumas and shit like that. We've been through a lot of stuff in our life. But I think in the moments where... We've experienced happiness because, again, happiness is not a constant emotion. Yeah, it's an it's an emotion that we feel. It's not something that we're living in a constant state of happiness. It's not linear. Yeah. So that's something we have to remind ourselves of because we can't always be happy all the time. But in the moments where you experience true happiness, I feel like it's that much more meaningful, and you feel it and you remember it to such an extent that, say, some people who really don't understand or appreciate that mm-hmm. that concept may experience the exact same thing and be like, oh, yeah, like, this makes me happy, but not really actually have that weight behind it. Yeah, and, like, we're talking about not, like, textbook definitions. We're talking about philosophical understandings mm-hmm. between, like, you know, of all of life and death. And I think that's a thing, right? Because in my perspective, I'm, I'm talking about it from the angle of there's happiness that's... Um, like the real genuine thing and then Mm -hmm. there's the ignorant happiness and I think you know a lot of people like like, is ignorance bliss yeah exactly and that's where for me I'm like knowing what I know about life my experiences and just like philosophy itself I'm like ignorance isn't bliss because you're not living the real life you don't actually see the fucking people behind the curtain you don't Mm -hmm. know the truth so how can you be happy living in a fake world Mm -hmm. it's like the Truman show it's like how can you actually be happy when you're living in a fucking matrix. Mm-hmm. And if your mind never expands beyond that point, to your knowledge, that's what happiness is. And which is really false, sad. It's a false sense of reality. Yeah, it's a false sense of reality. It's not real. And maybe to that person it might be, but in... in but that's also subjective reality, and that is, therefore, a subjective truth. Exactly. So it all plays into the same fucking shit. And that's where we go back to truth, though, because that's not objective truth. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it, 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 it's... It's a rabbit hole. It's definitely a rabbit hole, but I, I hope I covered... Yeah, yeah, no, I think you did. <laughs> so. Uh, do you believe in purgatory? Hmm. It's like the middle space between like earth and wherever we go after we die. Yeah, I mean, I really like don't like the word purgatory though because I feel like it's just like a dungeon. Like it, like the way that they talk about it too, it's just like it sounds so like negative. It just feels like but a I, black space. Yeah, but I also feel like maybe it's not so much purgatory. Maybe maybe like that's like your karma. Yeah, but I kind of more believe you might have that little. Um, time frame and maybe this is also where like we see even like spirits coming in and contacting whatever Mm -hmm. but then again I also do believe like in reincarnation so if you did really fuck up in this life your karma would probably be to have a lot of issues in the next life and Mm -hmm. you have to learn you know the man who criticizes the beggar becomes the beggar Mm -hmm. that's how it goes I feel so leading into the next question how much control does a person have over their life? <laughs> okay. Like, I should have I got a coffee for these guys. <laughs> okay. Let's think. Um, I mean, oh, when I think... My, the first thing that comes to my mind is is that it really comes down 
to like perception mm-hmm. because it's like there are again I think it's that balance I think it's that duality I think you're naive to think you have control over everything in your life mm-hmm. like fuck we know we don't I know I didn't I mean, a lot of what's the one thing we do have control over though the way that our we thoughts. yeah our thoughts and the way that we react and, yeah that's yeah. literally the only thing we have control yeah, over yeah everything else is a subject to environment and the way shit plays out yeah exactly. there's n- really no control yeah and that's where it's like that's the thing it's like we're all just players in this game called life mm-hmm. and we're living our lives and there are a lot of things out of control but it's like you have to try and be neutral in those situations and be like you know what I can't control all this fucked up shit going on. Mm-hmm. I can't control the, these injustices that are happening. I, I can't save everyone, and it fucking sucks, but I can still try and do my part. And, you know, I think it's a Rumi quote, and I'm going to butcher it, so I'm not even going to try. But it's basically around the idea of, like, you know, I thought I could change the world, and I found out I was naive. So, you know, I looked inwards, and I tried to change myself yeah. first. And it's huge, because that really is the ripple effect. Yeah. Like, we live in a world where people are very much still lacking a lot of consciousness. Mm-hmm. And so if we actually do want to see change, a lot of people, just their first idea is external. But why would you go to external powers like the like political parties and all these government parties? Like we got here because we all saw power as external. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to fix this, the problem by looking inwards and gaining that power and that authentic empowerment from ourselves, mm-hmm. not from outside. Yeah. You can't really get that from outside at the end of the day. Yeah. You can try very hard, but realistically, you need to look within you. And even in terms of control, like, you know, the root of all suffering is attachment. Like, mm-hmm. and attachment is something that it's, I feel like, a loss of control. And we try so hard as humans to control things and yeah. control certain outcomes of situations and force things. When in reality, if we all understood that the way life is going to organically happen to us is if we allow it to, Mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing. And so, I mean, we've talked about it already, but like control at this point, it's just better to let it go. And it's hard. It's like we're indoctrinated. That's just, we we grew up like that. (laughs) That's how most people are, you know, it's very human to be and feel that. But, but I mean, that's the thing. If you, you know, I always, I've been saying this a lot lately where if you're in resistance or if you're forcing something. Yeah. These are the two most um, impactful things to not manifest what you want. 100%. Because you're putting out in the universe this negative energy of force or mm-hmm. resistance. This isn't allowing flow to happen. No. And so it's like I can look back on so many times in my life and I'm like, I was resisting, resisting, resisting. Because I was like, I wanted to control it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't just let it happen. And then there was other times where I was forcing, forcing, forcing. And a lot of people I find, like even our girlfriends... Um, you know, they're trying to find this perfect man, this perfect relationship. And I'm like, but look at the the subtle manifestation you're doing. Mm-hmm. You're putting out this des- this desperate energy. Mm-hmm. And so you're you're going to find either no one reciprocating that or you're going to find men who are just as, again, quote unquote, desperate or putting out that energy. And it's going to be a clash and you're not going to it's not going to work out. And nine times out of ten, you're going to have to babysit that man. <laughs> totally. You know, and that's why I think it's so important, especially as women and being young women um we need to remember that everything that we're radiating out of out of ourselves and the energy that we're putting out into the world is exactly what we're going to get back so especially in terms of like relationships and shit like 
I with my ex 100% I was in that desperate energy and I was just so badly wanted a connection with a man because I've never really experienced that before and I was lacking that like that father figure aspect that mm. I looked for that in, in men totally, yeah. and because of that look at the fucking resistance and the shit that I fucking put up with for three years because mm-hmm. I never looked into myself and it took me three years of hell all this lack of control and all this desperation and then you you kind of transmuted that into the relationship and holding on to that. Yep. And that's how it happens. That's why when you look into yourself and say, I'm no longer going to resist or force, you literally just allow the flow of life to happen to you. I guarantee you, you're going to get what you want. 110%. You know? Um, okay. This one's a quick one. If you could become immortal on the condition you would never be able to die or kill yourself, would you choose immortality? Like pure Twilight vibes. Oh my God. Like, would you live forever if you had the choice? I mean, you can never die though. No. No? I feel like a lot of people want that, but it's like... I think there's a, there's this weird, bittersweet gift about knowing that we aren't mortal. Yeah. You know, it's like, you got this one life, at least in this lifetime, to live. Mm-hmm. It's like, how are you going to choose to live it? How well are you going to live it? on your? And that's my thing. I My main thing right now, or it's always been, you know, especially over a lot of the years doing the work, is I look at myself now, and I look at myself in the mirror, and, and every day I'm like... Did I live today the best way I could? Mm-hmm. And also, when I am on my deathbed, am I going to have any regrets? Because I can't, I refuse to live with regrets. And so that's why, like, you know, in the last couple of years, I made a lot of moves in my life. Even, like, reaching out to people or or, or, or dropping people or mm-hmm. just making certain moves. And I'm like, I don't want to live with regrets. And I sure as hell don't want to live with things left unsaid. Because yeah. I feel that energy. I feel that still held up in my body and, and I, I feel like when you can. know that you're gonna die like when we just innately know like that's just that's human like we're going to die at some point it gives you that an extra push to like live your life to the fullest yeah. and like really just like put it all out there and like I don't know the one thing I'd be curious about if we could live forever and like literally never die is if reincarnation is real and uh like twin flames and soulmates all of mm-hmm. that is real if we could live forever how many soulmates would we come into contact with? So, yeah. yeah. You know what so I mean? Fascinating. Like, how many people would we encounter in our lifetime, which would be forever? How many people would we come into contact with that we have that connection with? Or, like, what... Like, say right now in this lifetime that we're living, like, in terms of, like, the twin flame, like, if you are meant to meet your twin flame now, like, in this lifetime, like, time runs out, and then what happens after that? If you could live forever with your twin flame, like, <laughs> can you, like, just... My brain can't even, like, I process I mean, yeah, that? the concept with twin flames is the fact that, like, in every lifetime, it's the same, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so the whole idea is that, like, in the next life, you would be reincarnated and would rejoin. Yeah. Hopefully in the next life. Yeah. Um, but it's always the same souls. Yeah. Like, the same kind of energy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be tea, honestly. I'd be down. <laughs> um, the last question I have for you is, if you could describe me in three words, what would they be? Describe you? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> passionate passionate ooh loyal oh my god I'm gonna cry dickhead no I'm kidding <laughs> I mean, okay. a little bit let me think of it. hilarious 
Oh you're my like, God. you know what? We fucking howl. Yeah, we, we really do. We fucking howl. We die of laughter. Like, honestly, like every single time, like you're fucking hilarious. And I <sighs> love this girl literally in her Instagram description uh, the other night. I noticed like fucking put comedian. <laughs> I'm a pure comedian. I'm I, funny to myself and maybe oh God, you and like three other it. people and that's it. Yeah, we could have honestly done a fucking comedy show. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Well, I really appreciate that. That was cute. Thanks. Yeah, so whatever. I the questions. Yeah, this was fun. I'm really excited to do mine. I'm oh, I'm still Now I'm a little bit scared because you have some insight as to oh, what yeah. I've asked you. They'll be harder, don't worry. Oh great. Love it. <laughs> Can't wait. Um well thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate it. And Yeah, um, hopefully this, you know, gives a little insight into how yeah, fucked up we are. <laughs> this is Amber Conway, baby. Embrace it. Yeah. We love yeah, it. Yeah. All right, thanks guys. Talk to you later.